Biblical Help with Eating Disorders on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me Manuel Herrera. He's an ACBC certified counselor, and he's a part of the Spanish Biblical Counseling Ministry at Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. He also graduated from medical school in Mexico, where he currently holds a license. And in discussion, Manny, with you, you're working on that license even here in the States. Another interesting fact about you, which I was quite ashamed of myself in in this discussion, you speak four languages, and that's pretty impressive. So your first language is obviously Spanish. Second language is French, okay, and uh, Italian and also English. So, brother, I, I'm grateful for you and the learning that the Lord is, has given to you and uh, and your ability to speak and understand different languages. Okay, so we didn't come to talk about that today. I, I just, that was uh, an encouraging uh, conversation with you a little bit earlier. I want to talk about eating disorders or problems in eating. I want to set this up. First of all, I'm grateful for you to be here and the training that you have and the way that you've contributed already to ACBC. So grateful for you. Well, thank you, Dale. It's, it's again, it's a privilege to me to to be here with you and to be part of ACBC, see what the Lord is doing in this uh, great ministry of the world in every single country that the ACBC is now. Amen. Well, I really appreciate that. And uh, so we want to talk to you today using some of your medical background about this issue of, of uh, eating problems. So what is behind an eating disorder or, or you know, as we would describe what attitudes of the heart might reflect disorders in eating? Yes, well, when we think of eating problems, we generally think of those that lead a person to deprive themselves uh, of food. So we think of uh, anorexia, bulimia, megorexia. Actually, the, the list continues to grow nowadays. So, uh, However, I would like to also think about the other extreme, like such as overeating or some other problems that we struggle in terms of food. And I would like to share with you, Dale, that my interest in this topic in biblical counseling began not precisely because of my medical practice, but uh, because one of the first counseling cases I had was of, uh, on a person who was struggling with an eater disorder. So this led me to think about how sufficient the scripture is in matters such as this in eating. So going back to your question, Definitely that behind an eating disorder has an unbiblical view of food, an unbiblical view of self, and therefore an unbiblical view of uh, God. So the most common idolatrous desires of a person struggling with an eating disorder are greed, this uh, rapacious desire to get more than one needs or deserves, and also controlling, manipulating, and expressing displeasure with life circumstances and selfish pursuit of one's own comfort or pleasure. And finally, the standard of self-made acceptable worship. So now let's, let's think about those whose uh, problem is overeating. And unfortunately, this is the most silent and the most present eating disorder 
in the church where surely we have all identified ourselves. So the Bible defines overeating as a sin, gluttony. So gluttony is similar to other desire-oriented sins. So the, the logical stream of gluttony is idolatry, whereby our appetite is our God. So all this reflects how serious a person's spiritual situation can become that leads him to neglect his own health in terms of a proper nutrition. Now, as you say that, I, I'm so grateful that you've brought this topic up because it's, it's, it's not talked about very much, to be honest with you. Uh, when we think about eating disorders, we, we often think about the binging and the purging and the, and the starving of ourselves. And we talk less about you know, the sin of gluttony, although there's a heart disposition that drives both of those extremes. Uh, one in our culture is just much more socially acceptable when, when we think of uh, overeating, particularly in the church. And so I'm grateful that you're, you're pushing those things together, helping us to see that there's a critical heart disposition that's at base, uh, an undisciplined, you know, an undisciplined heart in, in relation to these things and, and uh, issues that, that certainly need to be confessed. Now, anytime we talk about issues like this, medically related, people always have questions because we know that there is an enmeshment of body and soul. We fully understand that the, the body is at work here to some degree, although from biblical anthropology, we understand that, that every issue flows from the heart in the way we interpret and respond and how we understand things. And, and the body is certainly feeling and experiencing those things from our, our heart attitudes and dispositions. But we always want to know, like, what are the medical conditions? Is there a medical condition that triggers something like eating disorders? Well, the short answer is not. But uh, <laughs> So now I want to be wise and not simply leave you with the short answer. So the truth is that there may be some health conditions or certain diseases that cause an increased or decreased appetite. So God created our body in such a wonderful way that it works through complex mechanisms to maintain its function. And uh, for example, every time we need to eat to cover our nutritional requirements, the body produces a protein called ghrelin, which is uh, in charge of awakening our appetite and producing that sensation we all know when we are hungry. And But the, the contrary, when we are satiated from eating, the body produces a substance called leptin which stimulates us to feel satiated. So then there may be certain diseases or metabolic disorders that interfere with mechanisms such like this. But however, the vast majority of cases of people with eating disorders come from healthy people who have started with bad eating habits. So that is the, the reason why they are described in psychiatric books rather than other medical sections like gastro or other specialties. Now, that's really helpful. And one of the things that we would always want to mention is even as you discuss this, you're, you're providing information. And we, we never want to say that, that you know, Manny's advice, even as a physician, it, it should trump your own physician. Uh, and that's a critical piece. He's giving information. And so, you know, we would always recommend that you, you talk to your doctor about these things and, and use this process of elimination as, as Manny's mentioned here. So, so as we talk more about this issue of eating, which I think is, is more pervasive than we, we would care to admit on both sides, uh, whether the binging and the purging, the starving or, or the gluttonous, what's a biblical view 
of eating and, and how, how do we reflect that biblical view of, of approaching food? Maybe, maybe we'd say like this, instead of living to eat, we learn to eat to live. So give us a biblical view of, of thinking about eating. Because the Lord does say, whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So, so talk a little bit about that. Amen. And I really appreciate this question because uh, Scripture talks a lot about eating. That's that's a reality. And actually, the main Bible passage I have in my mind when I think about eating situation is it's just First Corinthians ten thirty one, the one that you just just mentioned. So Paul makes a conclusive exhortation for all believers to eat and to drink for the glory of God. So this is very important for us as believers. And also the Lord Jesus Christ describes himself in John 6 as a, the bread of life of which who, whoever eats of him shall never hunger. So as I mentioned a moment ago, when we struggle with an eating disorder, we generally reflect a heart with an unbiblical understanding of food and therefore of God. But uh, the God of hope has the right perspective in his work. And we must understand that food is given to us by God and, and it's good. Food is good. First Timothy 3 mentioned that. And God has made the act of eating pleasant and enjoyable. And then we can enjoy it. So we can eat a steak and ice cream or other pleasant meals that we enjoy. That is a sign of God's gracious character in, in our lives. So our priorities in relation to food must be in the right order. So the first thing to keep in mind is that we should eat primarily to strengthen and nourish ourselves uh, and not excessively. And now, secondly, eating must be subordinate to our service to God. That is, it must be subordinated to our love for others and to our obedience to God. We have Examples in the Bible about that. For example, in 1 Corinthians, Paul exhorts the church to abstain from meat, lest they, they, they cause their brethren to sin. So this reflects that the love of the brother is above the love of food. So now we must remember that we ourselves must control our food, not that our food controls us. So otherwise, it is idolatry. And the believer reflects self-control in this so when appetite is in control, we have a desire-driven life. But when Christ is in control, we have an obedience-oriented life. I love that. I love the way that you're shaping that. You're really helping us to think about this idea of eating as something that's good. Most people with you know eating issues think about this as, as being a negative thing. Even those who struggle with, with gluttony. You know, as much as they love to eat, they they always see it as something that that's negative. And I think this is really helpful for us to think through to to reset. This is God's provision to us. It's His kindness. It's a good thing that we're stewarding, and that we can do that well with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness to Him, even in the ways in which we approach the table. Now, as we think about further about what is best, what what's the best way to help someone struggling? with an eating disorder. Now, I think it's important for us to reset this. And the reason is because, you know, a person struggling with, with issues in eating didn't get here yesterday. They didn't come to this place overnight. This is something that's been developing typically over a longer period of time. 
And I think that speaks to issues in their heart building over time, maybe just some of the idolatry that, that you mentioned. And I think that's an important factor for us. So with, with that in mind, what's the best way for us to approach someone to help them with an eating disorder, uh, keeping in mind the, the, the medical things that are very close here? Yeah, well, as we always do in biblical counseling, the best way to help is to give hope with the word of the God of hope. So many people who struggle with eating disorders are discouraged. And this leads them to seek refuge in food or fasting. So I, I would say involvement is very, very important here. Not to lift their mood, but to love them and introduce them to Christ, who is the bread of eternal life. So the reality is that there is no eating disorder at whatever stage that cannot be addressed biblically. This is important to, to know. So the best help is to biblically instruct the divine perspective on eating. And uh, also I would say we need to suggest, as you mentioned, a medical evaluation when necessary. And I would say it is always necessary uh, in, in terms of taking care properly of our bodies. So we're called to be people of integrity as Christians. So the eternal life that Christ has given us is not only a partial life that is reflected when we attend church or when we are among other believers. It is always. Uh, so even our health care should be impact. So a godly character should be reflected in, in the care we give to our health. And an important step is the attention we pay to our diet. So we we might lead to our counselees and people who are struggling with this uh, to have this important perspective, a godly perspective. So, of course, we know that our priority is the the inner man, which is strength day by day through the Word of God. God, let us not forget that He has given us a, a physical body with which we can worship Him. So... Taking care of this physical body is also a form of worship. So it's, it's, I think it's very important to remain that in our minds when we're eating and when we are doing something in our lives related with food. Uh, this is so helpful, Manny. And one of the key things that I, say, I think you said at the very end was uh, this issue of involvement. And our call to, to walk alongside our brother or our sister uh, who's struggling with these types of things and, and our involvement in their life. This is not a, just a, you know, go read these passages kind of struggle. We want to engage in their life. We want to walk alongside them. We want to help a brother and a sister bear this particular burden and struggle that they have. And that type of involvement is going to be so helpful. So, brother, this has been really a good discussion that I think helps to set our minds within the context of scripture in how to think about the issue of, of eating in a way that is grateful toward the Lord in his provision, being stewards of our body in a way that's pleasing to him. So thank you, brother. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm glad to have this great opportunity to serve you in this particular topic. So thank you. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. 
I want to remind you about one of our resources. We've been working on this stack of resources for quite some time. In fact, about two years ago, we released our first booklets. We called them the Biblical Solution Series. We were writing them specifically to counselors to help counselors think through how, how do we best and biblically help our counselees with certain issues. We released several new Biblical Solution Series booklets at this year's annual conference back in 2023. And I want to remind you of those, the abuse pendulum, scrupulosity, uh, counseling those who have been adopted, and then one final that's counseling gender-confused teens. Uh, These things were very popular at our annual conference, and I want to make sure that you know about these particular resources, and they join now over 20 that we have in our Biblical Solution series. This past year at our annual conference, we also decided to launch a new series of our booklets, Biblical Evaluation Series. And we have two booklets that we released in this particular area. And this is more of a critical evaluation, a biblical evaluation of something that is popular right now in the counseling world. And two of those particular booklets were released this year at the annual conference. And these, again, were very popular at our annual conference. We want to make sure that you know about these booklets. The first is by Ernie Baker on trauma-informed counseling. You know this is quite the rage, not just in secular counseling, but but even among Christians. And Ernie's given a, a very fair, helpful evaluation of this from a biblical perspective. I think you'll find it helpful. And then Emily Staley, one of our staff members here, has written on the Duluth model, which is a model that is often used in abuse cases, abuse counseling, even though it's not a counseling system itself. Some of the principles are, are used. I, I want to introduce you to those new booklets and encourage you to avail yourself to these new resources in our booklet series, the Biblical Evaluations and the Biblical Solutions. And you can find those resources along with so many others at biblicalcounseling.com.